there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06 Plus. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The volume. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Draft Coverage, Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports, like all-time NCAA scoring leader Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, and many of the upcoming NFL and NBA first-round picks. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at 
nft.paniniamerica.net with some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out the most popular trading card brands like Prism, Select, Don Russ, and more. For those NFL draft fans, get real-time trading cards after players are picked with Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Coward Draft coverage. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. FanDuel Sportsbooks wants you to get the most out of every NFL game day. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet a same-game parlay bet with three legs or more, and if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. Here's the same-game parlay I got for you guys. Give me the Bucks and Eagles under 52.5, the Bucks minus 6.5, and, and Antonio Brown's going to go for two touchdowns at plus 800, and this is one of the many reasons I love using FanDuel Sportsbook and why they're the best. They have the fastest payouts, they're easy to use, it's safe and secure, America's number one sportsbook, and you get same-game parlay bets and there's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet so lock in your bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win are you new to FanDuel Sportsbook they're also offering a risk free $1,000 bet if you prefer that just sign up with the promo code JBOY that's J-B-O-Y and if your first bet loses you get up to $1,000 back in site credit but you have to use promo code JBOY J-B-O-Y 21 and older and present area Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, $10. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on the mobile and web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fandle.com slash RG in Colorado, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 or visit www www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the J-Boy Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and hosted by Jake Crane. This is Roman Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock, and you're watching the J-Boy Show. And you're watching the J-Boy Show. And thanks for watching the J-Boy Show. 
Yeah, that's right. It's Thirsty Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. We got some foosball coming on tonight. Have an unbelievable show for you. I'm going to talk about Oklahoma a little bit. Spidey's senses are tingling. There's some things going on there. We're going to talk about the worst-kept secret in the United States on who's going to start at quarterback for Oklahoma and how I think it's going to roll this weekend. Uh, Velas Jones Jr. from Tennessee. We're going to get some volunteer love in here, standout wide receiver for them. Uh, they've been really hot lately. Got a big one this week hosting Ole Miss, and that over-under is through the roof right now at 82 and a half. We're going to play some punter go. Probably my favorite segment, Cone. Uh, honestly, it's probably my favorite segment we do. The other ones are good. They're fun. Everybody has a good time. That's great. And this, that, and the other. Gerard Powers, Mr. Powers, is going to join us as well to preview Auburn and Arkansas. And we're going to talk some coverage stuff. I want to get a little schematical mm. at the end of the show. And, and let's talk about you know what he would run, kind of disguising stuff as well. And then we're going to make our picks for Thursday and Friday. And we've been really hot during the weekends, guys. We're 60 and 39 overall, but 30 Thursdays and Fridays, we have been extremely hot. We've got to keep it going, guys. We're not slowing down. I don't care what any of you guys think, what any of you guys say, talking to Blandon Cohn, we're not slowing down. Uh, and then also, I'm going to drop my Friday parlay tomorrow. And I'm going to tell you guys something. We started doing the Friday parlays two weeks ago. We are 2-0 and on Fridays in the parlays. We hit 3-0. and I'm flying to Vegas next week. We'll figure out how to do the show remote. I'm flying to Vegas. We're going to do it hangover style. The Wolfpack will be on the road. We've already had some people say they'd love to give us a tour. We always have a place to stay out there in Vegas. And we're going to go out there and Ocean's 13 all of them. I'm just telling you, that's what's going to happen. I like it. How about, yeah. that? how about that ride in? Huh? How about the ride in? Blood Brothers. Just remember that. All right. I want to start off with this Oklahoma situation because there's there's a couple things going on. I know we've got some Sooners in the chat. Shout out to the Booster Club. Hope everything's going well over there. And I want to start off by saying this. Lincoln Riley is a witch. All right, 100%. I don't throw that term around lightly. You have to you have to really get up the order status to be able to, to be a witch. Uh, but some crazy things going on over there. And I want to start out with the story of the, the student newspaper, whatever it was, had binoculars watching practice and seeing that Caleb Williams took all the first team reps. So apparently Lincoln Riley just cut off all media availability. Like number one, the cat's already out of the bag. Like every, anybody that watched that last game knows. I, I think it was a little overboard, but look, it's Lincoln's program. He can make the choices he wants. He's obviously having a ton of success. Not a huge fan of that, though. Not a huge fan. It's just another distraction that you add uh, on it. So to me, it's kind of, kind of here and there. Uh, and then you look and apparently you cannot find Spencer Radler's name in the student directory. What? Smells uh, like the portal. Oh. Smells You're like the start portal. Seeing him on Dr. Pepper commercials. That's ex- he's going to be wow. in Fansville. He's going to be at State here soon. I don't coastal, know. Watch out for Coastal. Coastal you. That ball was like a son to me. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, here's my deal with Spencer Radler, and I want to get to this Caleb Williams situation in a second. In today's college football society, it's, it's very easy to, when it's not going good, especially at quarterback, leave. And you had all the hype. You played last year, got pulled against Texas, came back, all offseason, Heisman talk. You know, he's the next big thing, this, that, and the other. And now you're seeing the other side of it, and how do you handle it? Do you stay and try and win that job back? Because he's not going to be the starter. I don't know what's a worst-kept secret, that Caleb Williams is going to be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma or if aliens are real. I don't know which is the worst-kept secret. Probably Caleb Williams, now that it's 2021. But in today's, and I'll say it again, in today's college football society, it's very easy for a quarterback that had high accolades coming in and it doesn't work out to leave and hit the portal really quickly. And I want to go back to a quote 
that Houston Nutt said on this show a while ago, and it's something that I really took to heart. When he was coaching in Arkansas, he said he would have a bunch of guys before spring practice come in and say, Coach, I want to transfer. Please grant me my release. And he'd say, all right, I'll make a deal with you. You go through spring and you feel the same way, come back and I'll grant your release. And he said 99% of those guys never step foot in his office again. But I'm telling you right now, that's not going to be the case with Spencer Rattler. He's gone, in my opinion. The, the, the goose is cooked on that. Whether, whether he goes you know, anywhere in the Pac-12, whether he goes to UCF, any of these other places, not saying that Spencer Rattler won't end up having a great career. He's got the talent. We know that. But the mental side of it, to me, when it's going bad is something he has to work on. Because Spencer Rattler hadn't been a guy when, when it's going good for Spencer Rattler, it's going really good. On the field, off the field, all this, that, and the other. But when it's going bad or there's an inkling of something bad going on, it tends to go really bad. Is that the type of guy you want behind center? It's like the old pitcher rule. When you're on the mound, they should never know whether you're up 10 runs or you're down 10 runs. And to me, Caleb Williams needs to be the starter at Oklahoma. He's earned that right. He came off the bench. He was the spark that turned it around. I understand Spencer Rattler came in for the two-point conversion. That's great. But to me, Caleb Williams is the guy for Oklahoma. Now, having said that, there's kind of a phenomenon in sports, and especially in college football, where typically a quarterback that comes in and, and saves a game, especially a big game, tends to not have the best outing the next game. And he came in and balled against Texas on the ground and in the air. He surprised me how well he threw the ball, especially on the run. There was two touchdowns that he threw, both rolling to his right. There were very, very impressive throws, very tough throws to be rolling arm side and make. But they're playing TCU this weekend. And the Peter Parker in me is just going bananas Mm -hmm. right now. The spidey senses are tingling at maybe an all-time high. Gary Patterson does this. And if you watch, Gary Patterson has that little Slytherin lick, Blaine. I mean, he'll go, you know, during the game. I don't know what's going on. It, oh, wow. It's like I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's going against the other team or getting ready to fight against Sirius Black. Well, we've been in touch. Yeah, you know? I know you Slytherin guys just stay mental, together. Just, just telepathically, we haven't talked to each other. We just telepathically. Just telepathically yeah, talk to each other. Y- y'all wouldn't get it. But I'm going to say it right now. I think TCU beats Oklahoma this weekend. Straight up. Straight up. Money line. Money line. Like it. Game I, I, is at Oklahoma. I like it. I'm just telling you, TCU is one of the teams that does this. Mm-hmm. And they'll put together a game in a big game every now and then. They gave Texas a good run for their money at home. But this game just smells funny to me. You're coming off a big emotional win against Texas. New quarterback coming in. Distraction left and right. It just smells funny. And Max Dugan, the pride of Council Bluffs High School in Iowa, He's got a little bit of ability, running, throwing, and that Oklahoma defense right now can't tackle a math problem in a second-grade classroom. They've been cruising for a bruising, man. It just it smells funny to me. I know the Oklahoma fans will say, no, Caleb Williams is coming in. He's going to lead us to the playoff. And you know what? He might. Mm-hmm. It's college football. You never know. But I'm going to go back. Most of the times when guys come in and save games like that, especially big games, The next game is somewhat of a letdown. It's a lot different coming off the bench than it is being the guy. Now, Caleb Williams down the road, to me, has a chance to be a real stud. He really does. But this week in Norman, watch out for the Horn Frogs because it could get a little bit interesting. And I look at this Oklahoma team, and I look at the defensive struggles, and they made some 
big-time plays at wide receiver last week. Big-time plays. Can you do that again? I think TCU goes in there and wins. What do you think, Cone? I like TCU in this game. I don't know about to win outright, but aren't they 13 and a half? I think they're 13 like and a half. Give me that spread. Man, I mean, that's an, that'd be away. a nice little money line bread festival. Look, right I, I appreciate that we have Oklahoma fans in the chat today. I like that. I mean, look, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley's play calling ability has been the saving grace out it there. Is. And then being them, able to run know, the ball is huge as well. well and, that's that's big, that's, and that's a big part of it. And, uh, I mean, Lincoln Riley, he's, he's going to have a great career, whether he's at Oklahoma or whether he goes to the NFL or, or whatever happens. But Gary Patterson always does this, man. I'm just saying they always do this I I echo your sentiments on that and it's just been like how here's my thing how how many times can you keep squeaking by week after week after week maybe the quarterback change maybe more than anything it'll either go ahead and get that loss out of the way right so that they can just move forward and win all the rest of them or maybe they won't have a setback at all and it's like hey we've gotten rid of the problem right addition by subtraction and maybe now they go and start winning double by double digits every single week like we thought they were going to do this entire season one of the things i did want to ask though big 12 championship game how's that going to work who could could they play they wouldn't play texas again right blaine look, look that up the work over there, on like there. They could I, 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 I need to i need a refresher on that one but you know two cone uh, another point when you put that new quarterback in, and, and last week they didn't miss a ton. Again, the adrenaline's at an all-time high. The emotion's at an all-time high. How much is Oklahoma going to get up for this game? And what happens? And look, Spencer Rather, I, I have not heard an announcement that he has transferred, but if you can't find him in the directory, that's a little fishy well, to me. Well, uh, I've, I've got some boosters in the chat that says that's just Oklahoma. Half their team's not in there. Oh, okay. Okay. Again, that's weird. You can just take somebody out of the student directory? You can just take them out? I don't know. That's interesting. So Maybe he was like, don't ever put me in to start with. He's I don't like, know. take me out of the directory. But I, still, regardless, I think Spencer Rather's going to transfer. You know, with it being a home game, I think, I, I don't know. I get it. They, You know, the Red River shootout takes a lot out of you. You won an emotional win last week. But it is it is a home game, right? And I think that they'll be able to get up for that. I'm not as worried about that as just the schematical problems that they're going to have. And like a TCU team that just always punches you in the face, play after play mm-hmm. after play. When I think of the, this Oklahoma team, I don't think of a team who really takes punches, punch after punch, right? It's like they could do, they could squeak out a win against Texas because Texas defense was even worse. And they yeah. could just put up, you know, one or two more points than what Sarkeesian and was TCU able to do. And TCU runs a weird defense. Like, they do interesting things. They And I believe it's still the same way. Gary, they call the defense on three different levels, the back end, the middle, and the front end by do three really? different guys. Yeah. Typically, they're able to marry it. Now, they're not the only ones that do that, but Gary Patterson was one of the first people hmm. to really start doing it because it just gives you different looks, and it's hard to, to nail them down in what they're doing because it's sound. I mean, it's not how like they've just... How are you able to stay gap scheme with that? See, is, well, well, to me, when I'm looking at it, I think they're really calling the coverage for the back end and the front end, and they're keeping the gap assignments the same between the D-line and the okay. linebackers at that second level. I think it's more of a coverage thing than it is a front thing, because if you watch TCU, they don't run a ton of different fronts. Where I think it gets interesting is when you're calling blitzes. Now, from a coverage standpoint, you can call whatever blitz you want and say, hey, you know, it's a six-man pressure, so we're going to run man-free, or you know, it's a seven-man pressure, we're basically going to have to run zero, depending on what the personnel is, but they have it nailed down so much that they really don't bust a ton over there, and they've been doing it for so long, they've probably been able to work out the kinks. That's what you 
tend to see the longer you go with certain schematical things. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but I always just wondered this as, as an offensive guy, and you can tell me from a defensive perspective, mm-hmm. how much of it, how much of those calls just change right away if the offense comes out in a formation that you're not expecting for that down and distance? Yeah, let's a say it's first and 10 from exactly midfield, and I come out in two tights. Like, let's say I come out in like 22 personnel, right? Okay. I mean, that like, what do you, what do you call to check with that? Well, again, the way, the way it's always worked is because we, we've got to differentiate before the offense comes out on the field from the sideline and then while the drive is happening. So before the offense, whether it's a timeout too and they go back to the sideline or it's a review and they go back to the sideline, you have somebody up there with binoculars and on the sideline looking at who's in that huddle and the personnel. And they say, listen, because you know the numbers. You have the number sheet. It's like, all right, they got 87 and 88 in there. That's two tight ends. Get ready for 12 personnel. Or all of a sudden they have three tight ends in there and a fullback. We're getting ready for jumbo, jumbo, jumbo. You have checks to everything. That's why I always it's so different calling offense as opposed to defense because you have to have checks and then offense has checks to your checks but but you have to have checks built in whether it's a trips check you know whether it's just 10 personnel and they're coming out there and you make your call and they get in three by one well you have a certain amount of trips checks off the call so if we're in quarters we have a certain trips check to that if we're in uh cover two we have a certain trips check to that then you have your empty checks if they come out in the empty and they can here's here's where it gets fishy you can come out in 11 personnel and go empty Sure. So I could say 11 personnel's in the huddle and they come out and they're going empty. Then we're going to go to the couple empty checks we have because people typically uh, typically stay with an empty check that's man and bringing pressure, an empty check that's zone, and then typically one more kind of a wild card play in there uh, for the empty check. But as the drive is going, that's why it's so important when they're subbing guys in and on, uh, off and on, that the referee comes and stands over the ball so the defense can make their checks to the subs that are coming in to get the call. But when I make the call on defense, I don't know yet when they're on the sideline what formation they're coming out in or during the drive when they're subbing what formation they come out in because you can motion to anything. And a lot of people yeah. motion because they're trying to nail down the, the different abilities and checks that you have to go to so they'll know what you're in. That's why another reason you see motion is so they can see, hey, is the defensive guy running with our guy? Because if the defensive guy is running with our guy, there's a very good chance that it's man. If they just spin it or they bump it, there's a very good chance that it's zone. So there's so much chance chess playing that goes in before the play and I love for the fans to be able to know that because it's not just all right defense here's the call go out there and run the call now if you make a call for a specific formation or personnel and they get in that great stay with it but that's where you get into the check with me game on offense all right here we go ball's not coming I'm looking to the sideline we're making changes that's when you see the defense look over there we're making changes that is football that's what we call playing the game like on like on Xbox when you're you're playing the game and making your calls and this that and the other and what's funny is people do it when they're playing Madden yeah, you know, you somebody yeah. comes out and changes something, or they move something, and you're able to check an audible, whatever, whatever. You're really doing the same thing. It's just not as in depth, and that's where you find out who's worth their salt. That and who can make adjustments in the second half. And uh, we're gonna get Vila Jones Jr. in here in a second, Blaine. But I'm gonna go to the Booster Club real quick. What are they saying? All right, yeah, let's get in here. I was looking up. Um you know, the thing about the the Clint Riley thing, I'm not surprised. You know, when it comes to Alabama practice, Alabama has on their practice field apartments all around their practice field and you're not allowed to come outside no during from like three to six 
yeah. at, at Alabama. And that's from a guy who used to live there, you're not allowed to come outside that's, and watch. They've got that thing on a lot. you got a better chance of getting into a nuclear facility at Montana than you do of finding out what Alabama's doing <laughs> at practice. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not surprised with that. But we do have a question here from Kyle Kennedy. And he says, why do you think Lincoln Riley is keeping who the starter is a secret, especially if it seems like OU fans want Caleb Williams to be the starter and he's the obvious decision? Well, you know, it comes back to games, gamesmanship. And you can sit here and say, okay, well, we don't want TCU to know who the starter is going to be. But we have a very, very good – because without naming the starter, you do make them have to prepare for both. But if you're TCU, I promise you at practice, they have been getting ready for Caleb Williams. And you say, well, what does that mean? Caleb Williams is a much better runner than Spencer Radler is. And that adds an element. We've talked about it on this show all the time that the quarterback run game is a true built-in advantage for the offense because it makes it 11 on 11. From a blocking standpoint, you can really get a hat on a hat. And and you see it a lot, you know, with Lamar Jackson in the NFL. You are building plays that you know are schemed for the quarterback run, whether it's Q power, whether it's Q counter, whether it's power read. Hell, even whether it's draw, to be able to get a hat on a hat. And in the draw situation, you're trying to clear everybody else out. But it's just gamesmanship. Yeah. It's the same. There's there's little things that, that people don't see that go on. Like, for example, you send the depth chart over there and you list the backup quarterback as the backup personal protector on the punt team. And you say, oh, why would you do that? Or you have maybe like a kind of a Tebow-style guy that, that is like the third-string quarterback that is your PP or backup PP because now that punt return team has to take that into account and they're more likely to not take chances because they know a fake for, from a quarterback is a legitimate problem. So there's so much gamesmanship that goes on. Well, it should be a great chess match between Gary Patterson and Lincoln Riley. They're both going to have wrinkles for each other. And yeah. I think Lincoln Riley will, uh, will use tempo, you know, if he, if, if he really needs for to. For sure. Um, but we got Velas Jones. Let's Let's get you Velas Jones Velas in. in here from Tennessee. Excited let's, to talk uh, with Velas. Let's get him in here. Velas, what's up, man? How are we doing, my guy? Man, I'm doing good. Appreciate you coming on. Congrats on the, the success lately, man. You guys have been rolling on offense. It looks like uh, a decent amount of fun out there. Oh, yeah, it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun. The ball's getting spreaded everywhere. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I want to start off with this because, again, you're a guy, you're an older guy. You've played in different offenses. You've been at different places and got to experience and learn a lot. How much fun is it to play in this up-tempo, uh, you know, spitting it out quick, then attacking vertical, just the whole, the way the offense is built? It's got to be fun to be a wide receiver. Um, yes, we have um, a lot of talented receivers on this team. Um, by far, one of the best receiving cores I've ever been a part of. Um, yes, it's just it's, it's, it's a great feeling, you know, just to see the ball spread around. And you can also, you know, like with our athletic group and all the speed we have in our team, you know, you're able mm-hmm. to um, show them ability, you know, um, that we have that people probably haven't seen in the past years. And so, I mean, it's a great feeling. Uh, we're blessed to have um, Coach Ivy. For sure. And, uh, man, I wondered this, too. I always wonder in that, time of si- that type of system, y'all summer conditioning's got to be hell, man. you got to be in the best shape of your life to operate that that fast. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, days are tough, I would say. Like, Fridays are real tough. Um, you know, you're running a lot and stuff like that because the weekend's coming, but it was a grind, and, you know, we're here. This is what we've been working mm-hmm. for um, this whole time. And so, you know, we're just blessed to be here. Um, yeah, that's all I can say. We're just blessed to be here. We're putting the work. For sure. And, and you know, Vilas, too, 
uh, when when I watch you guys and, and playing that up style tempo and, it, and like I said, it seems you guys are having a lot of fun out there. And, and Coach Heupel coming in, you can tell you guys are really enjoying playing for that man. Can you just talk about him not only as the coach but as the person? Because that counts so much about as much as as the coach on the field as the man, as somebody you can trust and somebody you're willing to go out there and and take those risks for. Um. Yes. Um. Um, knowing with the um, coaches, you know, the changing and stuff like that, and Coach Hypo coming in, you know, uh, we talked to the AD before Hypo came, and Coach Hypo came, and we were just saying, you know, we want an um, offense, you know, that can allow, like, the receivers, the talented receivers we have, you know, to get them the space, you know, to show off their abilities and stuff like that. And he blessed us with, uh, he blessed us, uh, blessed us with Coach Hypo. And um, since day one, Hypo kept his word. He's, you know, um, a big thing of uh, a big thing he always talked about when he came in is about like um, brotherhood and us being close, you know, with a lot of team activities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it brought us a lot closer. Like, um, switched the locker room around, had young guys with older guys, different position groups, everybody interacting with I each love other. That. And so yeah, it's been like, and it's you know, and it's been working as you can see. Uh, we came a long ways um, about the time from the time they got there these seven months until now. Um, things are starting to click now. And I feel like, yeah, he's him as a guy, he's just an awesome guy, great energy, um, good vibes and stuff. A guy, you know, you can come up to see any time, actually hang up, you know, you can go up there and hang out with him. Um, great sense of humor, like the, um, the whole staff. I mean, it's just a great environment. And that's what you want as a player, you know, to um, be successful, actually thrive and buy into a program. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Do you, what has clicked for you guys the, the past couple of weeks? Not that y'all weren't scoring points, but not only are y'all scoring points, y'all are scoring points early. I mean, y'all are coming out of the gate. I mean, you go back, uh, Missouri. I mean, we can go back, Missouri, South Carolina. You guys are really coming out of the gate. How important is that? Not only for any offense, but the style of offense you guys run. What do you think has made it click here lately? Is it just the chemistry? Um, yeah, chemistry is a big part of it, but um, the other half of it is you know. Um, trust with the coaches, um, each yeah. position, us trusting each other, our bond, you know, us holding each other accountable, um, practicing, you know, giving it your all, not going halfway. And it all starts at practice. Um, we go mm-hmm. faster, we go faster, our tempo is faster at practice than the games. You know, it's all about, you know, like pushing yourself when you feel like you, um, like the tank is already empty and you don't have any more, just pushing yourself like over the edge and stuff and trying to, you know, reach that bar that you never reached before. So each week, you know, we compete with the DBs and like, I'm talking about we'd be gassed at practice. <laughs> it, also prepares, it also prepares for Saturdays. So, you know, when it comes to Saturdays, it's like it's nothing. It's like second nature. And I feel yeah. like um, practice preparation um, is like everything when it comes to um, how fast we've been taking off in the first half of the game. And so, you know, we just got to keep that up and keep working hard, you know. Everybody stay grounded, you know, not try to look you know, down the line and stuff like that. Just worry about the next game. And everybody worry about their performance and their job. Well, we have a saying here, if you make practice more important than the game, the game's easy. And that's exactly what, what you're saying right there. And i got a couple more for you here, Vilas. Uh, I know it's a big week for you all as, as we get toward a big game against Ole Miss. And that's where that's where I want to stay for a second. You know, we hear a lot about Ole Miss's offense. You hear about it all the time with Lane Kiven, this, that, and the other. How much, and I know you guys cherish every game, but it's got to be a fun challenge to be able to go up against an offense in a matchup like this and kind of see who's worth their salt a little bit more. I know the competitor in you guys – really love this matchup and I know you respect Ole Miss but just kind of talk about when you're going up against another elite offense um you know I like I said I'm on a 
I mean, it's going to be an exciting game. I feel like it's going to be a show. You know, we're going to come ready. We've been preparing this whole week. Um, our defense has been working really hard um, with mm-hmm. the fast, um, up-tempo stuff. And I feel like, um, you know, it might be a shootout. You never know how these games unfold. And I feel like it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a, a lot of points scored. There's going to be a lot of plays to be made. And so, like, you know, this is, you know, as a fan, these are the type of games, you know, you love to watch and stuff like that. And as a kid, you know, growing up, uh, being a fan of the SEC, like, these are the games you dream to play in. And so, like, like man, it's finally here. And I feel like it's just going to be exciting. You know, you just got to actually, you know, go out there and do your thing, but also have fun living the moment. And I feel like that's what we're going to do Saturday. And so, yes, indeed, that's, uh, that's what we've been yeah. practicing for, preparing for. It's going to be a fun game. Yeah, it's a, it's a great matchup. And my last question for you, you know, Tennessee has some of the most loyal fans in the country. And I know the Vol Navy is going to be out there in force. It's going to look like they're they're about to go to war out there. There's going to be so many ships. Neyland's going to be rocking. I've coached in that place uh, against Tennessee before, and it's an amazing atmosphere. What's your message for the Tennessee fans Saturday that come to watch you guys play? Oh, man. Um, you know, you know um, it's about to be a show. You, you know, just come out. <laughs> it's about to be a show. So, you know, sit back, you know, scream, relax, whatever you want to do. But it's going to be a show regardless. Definitely. Well, Vilas, I appreciate it, buddy. Good luck Saturday. I know it's going to be fun to be out there in the field, man. Uh, have a good time, and uh, let's do this again. This this was fun. Let's do this again. Most definitely. Most definitely. I appreciate you. All right, Vilas. Thanks, buddy. All right. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward draft coverage. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports, like all-time NCAA scoring leader Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, and many of the upcoming NFL and NBA first-round picks. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out the most popular trading card brands like Prism, Select, Don Russ, and more. For those NFL draft fans, get real-time trading cards after players are picked with Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards, 
right after they happen. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Coward Draft coverage. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, Vilas Jones, really good interview. Oh, man, man dude. And they've been looking – and if you've been paying attention to Tennessee, they have been looking extremely, well, then, extremely good. And I know it's the defenses they're playing, right? But but they have been clicking. Well, you when you're that score. type of offense, yeah, yeah, when you're that type of offense, you know, the earlier that you click, the better. For right? sure, for sure. And, and, again, being able to get up on people with that style, with the personnel they have on defense. But, uh, you know, I, I thought a great point was him talking about how much faster they go in practice during mm-hmm. the game. And, and that's a real thing when you're operating mm-hmm. like that. You've got to get in that mindset and that way when you get out in the game you're going really fast compared to the defense but it seems a little bit slower to you and on the other hand and once Tennessee gets enough depth on defense that's where you're really going to start to see it kind of come together we've talked about that but on the other hand the defense when they're playing teams that run normal tempo it must feel like it's taken yeah. an hour to run a play <laughs> when you're going against that and, and you get yourself in great shape that's why I wanted to ask them about the summer conditioning because it's not like you can just turn on the switch go out there and say all right guys we're going to go work speed during the game let's just do that you have to prepare your body and your mind for that uh, and I think that's something as Tennessee gains more confidence but I think you know uh, Vilas mentioned hey it could be a sh- uh, shootout this that and the other 82 and a half's a big mm-hmm. over guys it's funny you it, you want to talk about just the beauty of college football the over under for Tennessee and Ole Miss is 82 and a half the over-under for Wisconsin and Army is 39 and a half. And I'll still take the under. And I'm telling you, it's uh, it's just great to see. What's the Booster Club saying, Blaine? Um, you know, we had a lot of questions in here for uh, for Felix, you know. Um, but what do you think? Do you think this type of game is going to come For Felix. Did you say Felix? V- Vilas. Vilas. Okay, yeah. sorry. I thought you said Vilas. Um, I think he said Vilas. He definitely said Can't Felix. prove it. It's on tape. Oh, we can prove it. We can it. prove it. We can't prove it. live. We can't yeah. prove it. You got my back, Booster Club. But do you think this game is going to come down to what offense makes more plays or what defense makes more plays? I think what defense makes more plays, and especially early in the game, because you have to understand that however that game's going early in the game is how they're going to have to adjust to it later in the game. What do I mean by that? If Ole Miss jumps out on Tennessee – Tennessee's going to go warp speed, this, that, and the other, but it takes a little bit away from the run game. You can't sit there and just lean on the run. I mean, even Brian Harson from Auburn was talking about that with Georgia. He was like, yeah, we'd love to run the ball in the second half, but we're down. I mean, we have to throw it. So whoever, whichever defense can throw that other offense out of the rhythm. We talk about this with Ole Miss all the time, and it's true for Tennessee as well. These are rhythmic offenses. They get into their rhythm and they start rolling. When you make them go 10 to 12 plays, 
or you get that three and out, or your offense goes 10 to 12 plays and keeps them off the field. It can throw them off rhythm. And if you throw some, it's just like a concert. Bands, they're they're on rhythm. Uh, they have to get into a rhythm and they start doing their thing. Once they get outside of that, then it gets a little risky. It's the same thing in college football. So which defense can throw that other offense off rhythm? And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It could be yeah. a turnover. It could be a turnover and a 9-10 play drive. It could be a, a three and out and a 9-10 play drive. It could be two three and outs and an eight play drive and a 10 play drive. And now the other offense is saying, well, hell, we got to start doing things more vertically down the field. We have to start pushing the ball down the field even faster and you're giving, getting them out of rhythm. It's a great question. What else we got? I got a question here from Nathan. Everyone wants to talk about Tennessee's defense, but Tim Banks has gotten the defense that most people expected. How do you feel about the job he's done? Well, again, with the personnel that he's had, I think he's done a really good job. I mean, Tennessee, for, for Tennessee to be at the point this year with the personnel they have, that we're talking about them the way that we're talking about them, uh, I think is a compliment to, to the defensive guys. I say the same thing about Dirk and at Ole Miss. I'll say the same thing about any defensive coordinator that's doing a really good job with an offense on that same team that goes at warp speed because it's hard. I mean, you have these offenses where they're scoring three, four plays, and the defense is right back out on the field. So you could actually have a game. That's why it's so tough. You could have a game where you give up 30, and you played good on defense. Like, you really could. And, and when you look at the numbers at the end of the year, it may not reflect. Said, well, you're giving up 27.5 points a game. But the way the offense is operating, they're scoring 40, 45 points a game or 40 points a game. You're going to win those game games. It's about getting those stops when you have to. And the more Tennessee gets personnel and depth on that defense, the better and better that they'll be to marry up with the type of style that Tennessee's offense is playing. Because, again, you want to be playing in sync. We call it complementary football, right? Offense, defense, and special teams playing complementary football. Well, when you have an offensive head coach and an offense that operates at that speed, it's the other phases that have to catch up to be able to play complementary football so you're chasing the offense as opposed to a defensive coach where you're just you know protecting the ball on offense running the ball play action taking your time playing field position uh, that that offense has to catch up with the defense if they're dominant so it's really kind of kind of which side of it you're on yeah. for Tennessee's case and Ole Miss's case it's offense and the defense and special teams having to catch up with that yeah uh, I got a question here do you think this game could come down to who gets the most most fourth down conversion versions well we know both teams are not afraid to go for it I mean Lane's not afraid to go for it at any, any point on the field so yes I mean that's always look to me a fourth down because if you don't get a fourth down it's like a turnover it's as good as a turnover I don't care where you're at on the field it's like missing a field goal that's a turnover the ball is turned over to the other team so that's why I always laugh when, when people are like oh well you know Ole Miss had two turnovers in that game or the Ole Miss defense had two picks in that game and uh, Ole Miss stopped the offense the other offense was two of four on fourth down well that's four turnovers you really calls for it now you can say at the end of the game and in, in either garbage time or you're trying to catch up and you have to go for it that's a little bit different but if you're going for it early or you're going for it where the game is close especially in your own territory or midfield that's as good as a turnover and i do, i think we should really start counting those as turnovers they won't but in the stat book yes i think it's a great point because we talk about what are some of the biggest things in college football total yardage can be kind of a fickle mistress yeah. sometimes turnovers and time of possession can time be of possession can With be how, fe- how that's fast exactly these, right i mean time of possession used to mean everything yeah that's now, very true I mean, <laughs> that's very true but uh, turnovers penalties uh and then again uh, you always got to look at big special teams plays we talk about hidden yardage here all the time and special teams and a lot of people on social media i get hit up all the time it's like hey i counted up that we had 48 hidden yards 
on special teams. We won the game by 10. Last week, uh, we had seven hidden yards in the game. We lost by seven. So that's a real thing. We used to calculate it all the time, and we went through exactly what that was. What else, Blaine? Yeah, the question here from Colin. He says, over under lane punting two and a half times Saturday night. <laughs> two and a half? Two and a half. God. Give me the under. I'm going to go under. Got I'm to. just going to go under. I'm going to go under. I feel like that game hits the under, too. You're giving me 82.5 points. i got to take the under. I don't think this one will be terribly close. I mean, I know Ole Miss is on the road, and I took them 3.5 as a you sharp You like Ole Miss early. big. I like them nine, at least nine up to 9.5. I mean, yeah. look, I like the way that Tennessee is trending. I, I think Josh Heupel's done everything that's been asked of him so far, but I just don't think this one's going to be that close. I think Ole Miss can go in and do really what they want on offense, and we'll get enough stops. Yeah. All right, shout out to the Boots Club. Let's play some punter go. Let's do it. You ready for one? Let's do it. Here we go. All right, let's start with LSU, okay? LSU has a chance of upsetting Florida. Punt or go? Red, 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 red. Punt team, let's go. Red, 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 red. We're (laughs) punting that. How far are you kicking that Listen, I'm going to have to play for LSU Saturday the way it's going. You're out Ricks for the rest of the year. Probably out Stingley for the rest of the year. Out Boutte for the rest of the year. John Emery's gone. I don't know if they're going to have enough to play. And Florida, look, Florida needs this. Florida needs this. This is a momentum play for Florida. They had a big recruiting day yesterday, picked up Jaden Gibson, the wide receiver. That was a big-time pickup for Dan Mullen and them. But you're catching LSU at the perfect time. And to me, Florida, this loss has to put the dag. Ed's already gone, in my opinion. But if they get beat, and I think Florida, look, right when that line came out in the sharps, I said take the under at 58.5 and take Florida minus 9.5 right now. Florida's up to 11.5 right now. I don't think the over and under's moved. But Dan Mullen has a chance to go down there and stick the knife a little bit deeper in Ed Orgeron because LSU just can't keep taking this negative press every week, and it's going to start hurting you in recruiting. you got about one more week really, before you start to see it in recruiting. And and that, to me, is when the lights need to start going off for Scott Woodward and that administration. Not that they aren't already doing it, but you have to rip the Band-Aid off. LSU, I don't see it happening. Okay, uh, bonus punter go. Without Boutte, LSU won't score another touchdown this season. That's what I should have gone I'm going to say go because they're playing Prairie View. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. All right, here we go. Moving on. Let's go to Cincinnati. All right, I want to know, Cincinnati is the best group of five team that we have seen. Hey, Mackenzie Milton. Yes, they are. They would have slapped. They would have beaten 2017 UCF. I don't think they would have slapped them around. Uh, but I think Cincinnati is. I think they're the most complete. I think they're the best up front. And that's the difference. That's the difference in group of five and power five. There's a lot of group of five receivers that can come and play power five. There's a lot of group of five DBs that can come and play power five. There is not a lot of offensive linemen that can come from group of five and be effective in power five or defensive linemen, pass rushers, really. And that's the difference in those two leagues. I mean, that's the difference, too, in the NFL to college football. I mean, the guys up front, everybody's good, but there's a lot more wide receivers and DBs that can play in the NFL than they are offensive tackles and defensive ends. So that's the difference. But, yes, Luke Fickle, as they are waning as a group of five team, about to be a power five as they join the Big 12, we are seeing the best group group of five team we've ever seen and that's why they're going to be the first group of five team to make the playoff so i'm going to say go on that let's move to kentucky kentucky will uh continue to contend in the sec moving forward like for years yes for years yes regardless yes if if stoops is there and again i hate to keep beating a dead horse but it goes back to what we talked about with mark stoops this whole time he built it from the inside out long lasting successes up front i'll keep going back to it 
It's the truth. I don't care if you run the triple option, the double option, the single option, spread, air raid, run and gun, fun and gun, fun in the sun, rum and some fun. I don't care what you run. If you're not good up front, it's not going to work. But what Mark Stoops did was build that team from inside out. And you're seeing that. They're able to lean on people a little bit. The front seven, I mean, you look at Pascal, guys like that, Oxendine, that are able to make plays uh, up front to keep Kentucky in games. Now, they're going to go to Georgia and get beat. They're going to go to Georgia and get beat. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Kentucky is built to last because they're built to last up front. And that's the trick. That's how you take yourself from really low relevance to relevance. And I I don't think we're going to see Kentucky slowing down. I I really don't. If Heupel and Shane Beamer do what what they're supposed to do in the East. The East could be a lot of fun in it's a couple gonna, years. Look, a it's going to be fun. a lot of fun. It, it is. And, and for all the South Carolina fans that are down right now, I'm just telling you, and, and we'll come revisit this in two to three years because mm-hmm. we're still going to be here. South Carolina is going to be competitive again. Yep. He's going to get the players in there. And that's what it comes down to, right? Recruiting, development, I'm talking about Oklahoma culture. earlier. Didn't he do it at Oklahoma? Look. I, Charger I'm ju- recruiting out there? I, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Shane Beamer was a very, very good hire. Young, fun, energetic, smart. And, you know, when we had him on, the thing I loved about Coach Beamer was, you know, he's very honest with us. I asked him, you know, how is it going and walking around practice and not having a position to go to? And he's like, man, to be honest with you, I'm still getting used to it. I'm still finding out what type of head coach I am. And that was real. That was a real honest answer because that's the truth. And the more he finds himself as a head coach, the more that team's going to find an identity. And I think you're going to see those two things click as we move on and then recruiting, of course. So that's a great question. All right, let's move on to Penn State here. Penn State's fake injury controversy is a big deal. Walk us through it here. Punter, go and then walk us through it. I'm going to say go because I think it's a problem in the sport. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And, and look, defenses don't have a lot of ways to combat the rules that are built for offenses. Make no mistake, the rules in college football and football and sports in general are built to make the, for more points. Because because of why? more People want to watch people score points. They do. People don't want to watch you build the cannon. They want to watch the cannon shoot. They could care less of, oh, we got a mechanic coming in here. Here's what he's going to do. They don't care. They want to see you shoot the cannon. So as a defense, it was kind of an answer to up-tempo a little bit um, and, you know, the sub-rules and stuff like that. But it's gotten to a point now where it's blatantly obvious, and it's a dangerous game because some guys are really hurt, and some guys get really hurt while people are going fast. But when you're watching the tape mm-hmm. and you're watching guys look to the sideline side and get it. Some guys have like a fake gun on the sideline. And then like all look of a at sudden they it. go down. They go down and it's then they're back good. two plays later. Here is how you fix it. Tell us. I've got through. We've talked about targeting flagrant one, flagrant two. We've got it figured out. For fake injuries, here's the deal. If you go down, because if you're hurt, you're not coming back in that series if it's bad. You're not. If you go down, you should have to sit out the rest of the series, especially if it's blatant. And college football makes a ton of money. There needs to be somebody up there in the booth. We have guys that are watching replays. We have pylon cams. We have drone cams. We have fan cams. We have cams all the time. We have Cam Newton. But there needs to be somebody up there that is watching for that and can say, all right, hey, and if it gets blatant, and they try and put a guy back in or this, that, and the other, then it's a penalty. Some people will say a delay a game penalty. But to me, the way you stop it, sometimes people will eat five yards on that. Sure. They'll eat five yards. But if you take them out for the rest of the series, which means until that ball goes to the other side, 
that will change it. And that's what needs to happen because it's not just Penn State. This is every yeah, this has been this it. has been going on for a while and it needs to stop. It, it needs to I stop. I say it's just automatic touchdown. Guy does an automatic do. six. Automatic touchdown. You know what? You talk about it automatic getting done quick. Seven and don't even kick make the PAT. You'll have guys out there with broken legs be like, no, I'm good. <laughs> you know, I'm man, good. just make it uh, unsportsmanlike. And if you get two of them, but, you're gone. But, but again, but again, how it's very hard to sit here and say that guy is really not hurt. Like, because for the guys that yeah. really are hurt, what, yeah. you're going you're gonna to let a guy be hurt and give him a 15-yard yeah. penalty? What's, what good about, that, well, yeah. What's good about yours is that if you're, if you're really hurt, you're not going to come back. You're not I mean, coming that, back in that series. Anyway. So much sense, and, and that's makes why too they, much that's sense. why it'll never happen. So does the flagrant one and flagrant that's two for targeting. It just makes too much sense. <laughs> just makes too much sense. It's all right, question. let's uh, let's go one more, and then I'm gonna let you kick it to the booster club. All right, all Ole right. Miss here. Ole Miss is the third best team in the SEC. I think you have to say that right now. I, I think you do. Um, you know, I, I think Ole Miss is the second best team in the West right now. You know, they had that tough loss at Bama where they didn't come out of the gates good. Uh, Bama did a really good job taking away the run. But I think where we stand right now, and that could be different after this week, it's a moving target. I think Ole Miss right now is the third best team in the SEC. That defense has made a couple strides. I still don't believe in them. But when you have the Heisman, future Heisman winner, in my opinion, in Matt Corral, you have the weapons that they have around. If Drummond can continue to step up, uh, if Parrish can continue to step up, we know about Snoop. We know about Ely. Uh, at the end of the day, I think Ole Miss is built to have the most success this year outside of Georgia and Alabama. Because to me, it's Georgia, walk downstairs, Alabama, Walk to the basement, everybody else, and Ole Miss is the first person to greet you at the basement, probably with a beer. Yeah, well, you think about That's it. You, hilarious. Yeah, you look at the rest of Ole Miss's schedule. Yes. I think the hardest game they got, realistically, is probably going to A&M. Um, they have A&M at home. They have A&M, A&M at home. At home. Wow. Right? Can you they say have, the rest of that schedule? Can yeah, you go through so the rest of obviously they go, they go um, to Tennessee, right? Then they have okay. LSU at home, to Auburn, Liberty at home, Texas A&M at home, Vanderbilt at that home. Aub- that Auburn game is the toughest one they and have. And then at Mississippi State. That, the Egg Bowl, we know it gets weird there. I just, Mississippi State, I'm going to have to continue to watch them play. They're so Jekyll and Hyde. You know what? Let's call Mike Leach at, at four. I'll call him. Y'all want to call Mike Leach at four? Let's just call Mike Leach. I like, bet he answers. I bet he answers. I bet he answers. I'm watching a pirate. You want to know how cool Mike Leach is? Like, shout out Brendan Langloy, the, the uh, SID over there. We our good friend Brendan Langloy over there. But he's like, just give him my number. Just have him call me when he wants my show. Let's call him at four. I'll call he him wants, at ask four. the Booster Club. Do you think Mike Leach answers at four? And if he yells at me for interrupting up. a pirate documentary, Look, I'm going to tell it'll him it's your fault. It'll be great entertainment. That's fine. It'll be great entertainment. We're just going to call Mike Leach at four. <laughs> Actually, we should just plug him in and call and just see what is. Let's let the whole it. show Let's live. Let's plug him in and call and let him answer. Mike's, Don't Mike prep loves him it. in advance. I mean, Call him and see if he answers, okay. and then we'll bring him on. Because okay. I don't want to get caught up in anything, even though yeah. Mike Leach is one of the funniest people on the planet. But, all right, Blaine, what is uh, what is the old Club De La Booster saying? Yeah, let me drop this poll real quick. Drop that poll. All right, we got a question here from 10-0. Outside of Alabama and Georgia, which SEC team has the highest potential ceiling? Ooh, that's, a diff- that's a out different of, question to me. To me, that's a different question than who's the third best team in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Ceiling... Man, I still want to say Arkansas, man. Really? Just because they're able. I believe in that offensive line and that run game, and K.J. Jefferson has really shown me something. And I think last week against Ole Miss was an anomaly for Barry Odom in that defense. Grant Morgan, Hayden Henry, and all those guys. I think Arkansas has a really high ceiling because, again, look, they have Traylon Burks on the outside. They have a superstar on the outside. They have a defense that can be multiple and shut you down, and they have an offensive line and backs that can run it. So I'm going to say I think they have a higher ceiling because I think 
they're more quality. I know that them and Ole Miss just had a shootout at Ole Miss, but I think they're higher quality on the defensive side than Ole Miss is. I do think they have a higher ceiling, even though Ole Miss has the better schedule. What else we got? Yeah, I got a question here. Do you think the crowd noise this weekend at Vol Stadium will affect the game? It always does, especially coming off a year where we didn't really have it. Uh, I think it's worth seven points. Uh, I really do. But Ole Miss operates at a pace offensively that somewhat takes the crowd noise out of it because it's not like they're sitting there and checking with me four times. It's not like they're like, all right, take your time. Let's get set. Let's get set. When you're operating that quick, you have to be able to communicate quick anyway, so it's kind of built in. And Neyland is rocking. I'll tell you a great Neyland story. You want to hear a great one? We're playing them when, when I was at South Alabama and where they have the visitor's locker room, just like a lot of visitor's locker room, it's not exactly the best setup in the world. And, and Coach Joey Jones, a uh, great friend of the show, great human being, was giving the team the pregame speech and it was as Tennessee was getting ready to come out and it was so loud and they were stomping on the seats that the dust from underneath the stadium was just showering everybody. It was like a scene out of a movie while Coach Jones was talking. And when we, you know, the coaches go out of the tunnel first. So, you know, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, cliche extended, I guess, but you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and that noise just hits you. Uh, it hits you in a wave, and it's so loud that it's not like different noises. It's one audible just, ah, and it's so loud. We would have the players, I would have to put my hands around the ear hole of their Ooh. helmet and scream into their ear like this when they're right next to me, and people don't realize the ground kind of shakes a little bit. That's why sometimes when you see guys slip in big games, especially on grass fields, Sometimes that ground is actually, it's, it's literally shaking. So it makes it a little bit harder. Uh, so, look, the noise is going to be a factor. I think Ole Miss is kind of built, though, to where it's not as big of a factor if it was a slow it down, let's get the play, here we go, now we're going to have to go to a silent count, you're having to mix everything up. I think that kind of takes it a little bit away. Got a question here from Tino. Who is the more physical football team, Kentucky or Arkansas? Oh, God, I love that question. Mm. You know, I'm going to say Arkansas. I think I'm going to so. say Arkansas, but it's not by a lot. I mean, they're, they're both, you know, they can be dominant run teams. We saw Kentucky and what they can do with Chris Rodriguez. And Will Levis doesn't get enough credit as a runner. You know, we talk about all these guys being dual threat, but Will Levis has done a really good job of not only running when he has to, but knowing when to run and taking advantage of it and being tough. I mean, Will Levis is a tough runner. I mean, last week he's bouncing off tackles, breaking tackles, making it second and two instead of second and five. Uh, so I think Arkansas is overall the more physical team, but we're not talking about a big gap here. It's it's kind of a, a minutiae situation. Yeah, yeah, you're picking straws at that point. Got a question here the Green Soldier. If you're University of Kentucky's head coach and you found out Georgia's only allowing 27% um, average third down conversion rates. What do you do on third down? Don't get in it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Don't get in third and long. Uh, look, when you're Georgia does a very good job defensively on taking away the easy things, the easy throws, the three to four yard runs, getting in second and six, second and seven is a win against Georgia. It really is, especially if you're a team that runs the ball a lot on first down. 
but you you just have to stay ahead of the change. You have to stay on schedule, and you have to mix it up on first down. The one critique I had of Mike Bobo and Auburn playing against Georgia is they kind of just ran into a wall on first down a bunch, running in between the big ups. You're wasting plays. I mean, no offense to Sean Shivers, but Sean Shivers is not running any Jordan Davis over in the A-gap. I don't care how pissed off you are. So, to me, you have got to mix it up on first down. The play action's got to be there. The modified runs, the, the quick shot holes in the zone to get it to second and six. You can't be a one-trick pony on first down and go back to what's always worked. You know, I don't think you, there's a bad problem with taking a shot on first down. You may get in second ten, but then you start getting a couple pass interference penalties. So, to me, to get in a manageable third down, how are you handling yourself on first down? It's literally putting the cart before the horse, and that's that's one way to combat it. Yeah, we've got a $5 donation from Christopher Simmons. What's Chris. up, Christopher? I appreciate it, my guy. There yes, he sir. is. Yes, sir. All right, got a question here from the Salty Dog. Who would you rather tackle, Bo Jackson or Herschel Walker? Oh. Hashtag neither. <laughs> yeah. You make a business oh. decision at that point. Would I rather tackle Bo Jackson or Herschel Walker? You know, Herschel was bigger, I'm pretty sure. So I guess you just have to go to size because they're both monsters, but Bo's running so fast that he might as well be seven foot eight, 600 pounds. Uh, that's a horrible situation. I don't know. I may fake injured. They may have to have me sit out the series. And yeah. it's an automatic it's touchdown. It's an automatic touchdown. <laughs> injured. I might injure nah, myself godly. on that's a, See, I'm going to be wrong either way here, but I'll just say Bo Jackson just because Herschel was bigger. That's a great question. And also – that's a tough situation to put me in. Yeah, absolutely. So we got a question here from Sloan Carter. All right, and it's kind of it's kind of nuanced. He says, "So I'm torn. Huge lifelong uh, long Auburn fan here, but my cousin starts on the offensive line for Coastal Carolina. All right, who would win in a bowl matchup between the two? How many opt outs are there? Yeah, how many <laughs> opt outs are there? I would Who's say if everybody's team, if everybody's healthy, you have to go Auburn there just because they're going to be better up front." That they are as, as deficient as Auburn is up front of the offensive line. But Auburn would be able to get a pass rush against Coastal Carolina. They struggle to get pass rush against teams that are worth their salt or have SEC-style offensive linemen. So I'm going to have to go Auburn there. But shout-out to your cousin. They're having yeah, a great man. year. I just wish there was a 12-team playoff this year so they'd have a shot to get in. Well, let me ask you this, then. With someone like Coastal, let's say they go unbeaten, right? Can they not claim like what Cincinnati's trying to claim? Can they not say, look, we've done everything that's been asked of us, too? And I know this gets back into our discussion about going to either 8 or 12. Well, for the playoff, but if if they were to go unbeaten, you know, and they've been ranked, I think most of the season, do they not have a claim to either make the playoff or at least say, look, we did we did what Cincinnati well, I'll, did? I'll answer your question with another question. What is Coastal Carolina's biggest win on the season? Who's the biggest team? I that think Coastal they'd be, Carolina's. I think beat? they'd be East Carolina. Yeah, they would be. I, I would think. Uh, I'm going to Coastal. Bad. <laughs> well, the way App State looked last time we played was not good. I think they'll play Lafayette. In the championship all right, so, game. All right, all right, no, all right. Appalachian State did not look good. Yeah, Blaine. No, Cone no. knows all about that. Yeah, Cone knows all about it. No, um, I get it. You know, and then you have the win over Notre Dame with Cincinnati. And, yeah, I mean, and so. not, not only that, I mean, Cincinnati at the end of the day is going to be able to rack up two to three wins that just look a whole heck of a lot better than any of Coastal's wins. I think it comes down to resume, and that's not on the players. No, and it's not it's, the players. And, fault. and a lot of times, it's not even on administration because these games get scheduled so far yeah. in advance. I mean, like you'd love it if you'd like knew at Coastal, like man, we're going to be so great this year. I wish we yeah. had scheduled like. Like, yeah, like can we have scheduled Clemson this for season? Sure, but you for can't. sure. Well, it's like Alabama scheduled Boston College for 3,024. <laughs> like up there, they're going to take a flying car up there, flying bus up there to play them in 3,024. Yeah. That's another thing about scheduling teams. Well, and then you can be on the other side. You can be on the other side mm-hmm. to where it's uh, – 
hey, we scheduled this team for five years down the road. They're bad then. And like Ole Miss scheduling Liberty. I don't know exactly when they scheduled them, Mm -hmm. but if they scheduled them like seven years ago, that's a lot different Liberty team than what's coming in there right now. So it's a gamble either way. That's why you just kind of want to schedule teams that are just going to be middle of the road. Like you just know they're too – it's like Purdue. We'll play Purdue. So you're, you're talking about Notre Dame. Yeah, look. No, and again, I'm I always say this that. about Notre Dame. It's not their fault, too. I mean, they always have these legacy games with, like, Stanford and Southern California, but teams who haven't been awesome recently, right? Mm. They took Michigan off the schedule, and then they still won't join a conference, look, but that's a whole different segment. Yeah, I was about to say, look, it's their fault, join a conference. Yeah, look, I, I have no sympathy for you. I have no, no sympathy for you for being independent. You went to the ACC. It was beautiful last year. You beat Clemson. The game was awesome. And then you're like, nah, we're straight. We're just going back on independent. We're just going to be independent. And, and, Kelly and, Clarkson style. Yeah. And, <laughs> even with the 12 team. I mean, it's looking good now with the 12 team. They're almost guaranteed to get in. Oh, for sure. I mean, look, it's a long play. Notre Dame's going to get in. Legacy birth. I wonder what Lou Holtz <laughs> thinks about that. <laughs> Man, I'm sure you could tell Notre Dame's definitely going to take top 12 teams, top 12 programs, history college football. Notre Dame's going to be in there. You can take top one team. You can take Alabama. You can take Jordan. I'm taking Notre Dame fight Irish. <laughs> But uh, we're going to get Gerard Powers in here in a minute. I'll let you know when he's yeah, in. Yeah, let me know. Blaine, back to the Booster Club. Yeah, we had a question here from Bill Dozer for what's up, Bill? How many years till Tennessee is actually relevant in the SEC East because they haven't been to a championship game since 07? I, you got to get, look, new coaches, you got to give them two to three years. Uh, you got to give them a chance to get their personnel in there. And the success they have before that, great, as long as something disastrous doesn't happen or you can tell maybe something off the field bad happens, this, that, and the other. I think you've got to give Tennessee. But what is relevancy, though? Is relevancy winning the East or is relevancy being in the top three in the East? To me, if that's I would not say top three, it. I feel like Kentucky's not relevant. Cut it. Not for Tennessee's well, fan base. Ten, that's what I'm saying. For Kentucky, yeah, this is great, but that's overperforming. But Tennessee so fans are So if we're talking about Tennessee, Tennessee overtaking about being Georgia, top three in the East, man. Look, if we're if we're talking about Tennessee overtaking Georgia to be relevancy, it's gonna be a while. And maybe not even as a program full time, but you gotta win it occasionally for sure. You and, know what and, I mean? Uh, do you have the players to beat them? That's the question. They do not yet to to beat Georgia. Mm-hmm. They just don't. They just don't. Now, outside of Georgia, Tennessee has the players that could beat Kentucky. Tennessee could beat Kentucky mm-hmm. on any given day. But Georgia, they played that game 10 times. I'm taking Georgia all 10 times right now, and they're just racking up still. Georgia got Oscar Delp yesterday, one of the top tight ends. They're just going to get all the tight ends. Kirby's like, you know what, just give me all the tight ends. I love it. And, and that's it's harder to find tight ends and Nichols hybrid guys than it is to find – Receivers, DBs, whatever, yeah. whatever. It really is. Tight ends are like that stretch four in basketball. That's exactly right. That, that's so exactly hard right. to find, that man. six foot ten can rebound, can shoot the three, trailer, 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 stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's the truth. It's just, so we got okay. I know these questions. These questions are coming in, so I think Good. they're hilarious. So I'm gonna ask. Bring them. them. Grant Brown's asked, "Do you have a better chance of tackling Bijan Robinson or breaking a tackle by Jordan Davis?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. No. You're going to get banged up after today, <laughs> yeah. man. Hey, what's up? I'm dead. Ice and bat. that's before Reed even gets to me after <laughs> yesterday, which she was actually low-key not pissed about it. I couldn't believe it. Um, gosh, I think you got a better chance of tackling B. John Robinson because I can nip at his ankles and make him fall down. Jordan Davis puts his hands on me. I'll be like, if Jordan Davis hit me, he'd be like Mr. Potato Head. Just like all my limbs would fall off, my head would fall <laughs> off, my nose would fall off. I would rather have to tackle B. John Robinson than try and, than try and get out of a Jordan Davis <laughs> tackle. But I tell you what, I'd much rather take those two odds than have to tackle Bo or Herschel. I promise you that. Mm. 
Yeah, getting tackled by Jordan Davis is probably the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that's it's it's horrifying. It's like you know, it's like getting tackled by that wall. If that wall was moving and running, I'd be horrified. Yeah. So we what got a question here from Kendrick Washington: What coach gives LSU a chance to be in the playoff hunt for the next decade? Lane Kiffin, Mario Cristobal. I don't think James Franklin's going to take that job. I don't see it. I just don't see it. So I would go Kiffin. I would go Cristobal. I don't like the Bill O'Brien fit. I know they're talking about the OC from the Packers a little bit. I'm just iffy on NFL guys coming down. Urban. Outside of Bama. Urban Meyer. <laughs> um, I would say right now Kiffin and Cristobal. But he did he say dominate over the next decade? I'm going to have to go back and find well, it. Define that to me. Does that mean you win two national championships in 10 years? Does that mean you win the he West says, six times? How many times? years still Tennessee is actually relevant in the SEC, SEC East because they haven't been to the championship game since I was seven? Yeah, I was talking about the LSU one. The one he just asked about which coach could use LSU for the decades of dominance. You need to figure it out over there. There's a lot going on. It's not like the chat stands still. It's an off night. It's an off <laughs> night. Are you getting guarded by Davion chat, Mitchell? Chat stays hot. It's man. an yeah, off it's night. Like, and it disappears, too, so it's not like Look, I can go back and find it. You're the next coach at LSU, man. The, your three previous predecessors have one all won national titles. You're like, man, Les Miles and Ed O won one, and you can't win one? Man. That's a tough. That's tough. Good luck. We actually have a David Heron. He says, hashtag scheduling. Arkansas has Liberty, BYU, and Cincinnati on the schedule next year. Oh. Arkansas does? Yes. Oh. Wow. What? Yeah. With the SEC. As if, as if the SEC West oh, schedule couldn't get tougher. No. BYU and Cincy. Who was the third one? Liberty. You know Sam Pittman like, is just trying not to strangle that person. In the, <laughs> it's like, what were you guys doing? When? Oh, my goodness. That's tough. Oh, my gosh. Why would you do that? That's masochism at its best. That's tough. Throw me another one. God, let's get off that one. That one's yeah. – that one's give me the heebie-jeebies. Got a question here from Grant Addison. It says, Matt Crowell gave Arkansas and Grant Morgan in particular fits last week with his legs. How much of that is the scheme or Corral, and can Knicks replicate the same effect against them and Barry Odom? Um, I think Knicks is just as good of a runner as Matt Corral is. But the thing – okay, if you're talking about schemed runs versus actual, like, quarterback design runs I think it's a blend and Matt and we've talked about this on the show all the time and we've talked about Bo Nix being able to do this sometimes you got to know when to pull the parachute when you drop back there and they're in man and the middle of the field's open and everybody's back turned and there's a place to go and you're going through your first progression sometimes you just got to take off those are the quarterbacks that worry you the most because they're taking what you're giving them see that's what scares you you have quarterbacks that try and force what they want to do onto you then you have quarterbacks that take what you're giving them and and then when you're giving them what they want, do what they want to do to you. See, that's why Matt Corral's such a problem, because he can roll and throw. He can pull it and take it whenever. You can run the zone read, and you have to honor it on the backside. He can get up there and be a problem on the quarterback sneak on fourth and one. But it's a mix, and that's a great foot. That's a great football observation, David, by you, because that's something that Auburn, with a lackluster offensive line, is going to have to do, and that's how you extend drives. Because I will go back to this, and I will say this until my death, and probably after that, depending on where I go. I could take a guess, but wherever I go after that, is that there is nothing more gut-wrenching for a defense than to lock you up on first down and second nine. Lock you up on second down and third nine. Have you locked up on third down and the quarterback runs for nine and a half yards to extend the drive, especially if it's play five, six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. So so to me, that's where it gets dangerous. Question here from Man Listen. Is it true that Jordan Davis was a three-star out of high school? Say it again. Question here from Man Listen. Is it true that Jordan Davis was a three-star coming out of high school? 
you know, I'd have to go back and look at it. But look, that's not the only three star that that's been a baller. I mean, you know, a lot of times the five star guys are going to work out because they're easier to find. Where it gets kind of iffy is in between that four and that three star range because guys progress at different levels. They, they really do. Some guys may be really good players that need to add 30 pounds. And in, in their high school didn't have a great weight program, and they weren't able to do it there and really get there. And then they go into a big-time um, college football strength and conditioning program and put on that 30 pounds, and they're a stud. Uh, so it would not surprise me at all if Jordan Davis was a three-star in high school. That's why these coaches, the best thing you can do as a coach and as a recruiter is when you put a kid's tape on, you don't say how many stars he is. You just put the tape on. Say, hey, we got this guy. Here we go. Let's put the tape on. You like him. 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 All right, let's offer him. Head coach is going to sign off. And then you say, all right, well, hey, guys, guess what? It's a four-star. We used to play a game at South where – because we would say who, who they were, and you'd pull up their profile, their rival's profile, 247 profile, whatever, and you'd look at it. But we'd, we'd then go, hey, let's just throw a guy's film on there. You tell us what you think, and then we're going to tell you what he's ranked or how highly he's ranked, this, that, or the other. So at the end of the day, to me, it's about coaches knowing what they're looking at as opposed to looking at the stars and making a decision off that. I think that's one of the reasons Randy Shannon's not in Miami anymore, and I think it's one of the reasons Gus Malzahn isn't in Auburn anymore because because they looked at the stars and made their decision off that because it looks good in recruiting rankings and the fans get off your ass about it. But what's the best way to get the fans off your ass about it is go win games. Uh, we got That's a, the truth. Got a question here from the Ho- gr- Go ahead. Go ahead, Blaine. Got a question here from the Green Soldier. Hashtag AskJ, but Auburn almost tied a healthy uh, Penn State team at a wideout after Penn State on pace to smack Iowa before the QB went down. How good is Auburn really? I see them sneaking up to a top 10, 15 team. Well, you, look, you got to have somebody on the outside that makes it. I say it every day. I, I literally say it every day. You have to have somebody on the outside that will step up and make a play. Because right now, Auburn is one-dimensional. They are. And that dimension isn't great because the offensive line isn't great. And until a wide receiver or two or three steps up, and it's not just John Samuel Shanker, and I know they move Landon King, the young freshman tied in out the wide receiver, that tells you about how deep the wide receiver room is. Until one of those guys step up and start making plays, you may be in the game against good teams, and Bo Nix can run around and backyard it as much as possible to keep you in it, but you're not going to win it at the end. You have to be able to do multiple things. Right now on offense, Auburn is a one-trick pony. And honestly, on defense, they're a one-trick pony because they can't rush the passer. They can't get there with four. Yeah. So until Auburn fixes that, it's going to be the same old problem. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm muted for, for Leach here. You have to be careful about comparing these week-by-week games. The transitive property you, is uh, so tough. You always talk about tra- Did you see this one right here where it's like Alabama lost to Texas A&M, who lost to Mississippi State, who lost to LSU, who lost to Auburn, who lost to Georgia, who beat Arkansas but beat – but beat A&M, but lost to Ole Miss, who got blown out by Bama, who beat Florida, who lost to Kentucky, who beat LSU, and that's just in the SEC. Yeah, it's, it's like the hangover. It's like, like the hangover when Zach Galifianakis is at the, the Vegas table and, like, the numbers are all going to his head, like the equations and stuff. You can't use, especially with 18 to 22-year-olds. I mean, is that not crazy? It's crazy. But, look, guess what? It's great. Oh, it, it's oh yeah. Great. No, fantastic for it's the sport. It's great. Agreed. 
All right, are we are we calling Mike Leach? How do you yeah, want to coach, do this? Coach Leach said give him two minutes. And give that him was, two. So he answered yeah, and said he'd do it. Yeah. So oh, coach, it's coach Leach, coach. But but then again, I, that's why I think I interrupted him in the middle of a pirate doc. Did you? Yeah. Uh, what surprised me? Probably he'll never, he'll never forgive you. So like I'm about to, to find dry. out where Blackbeard we, did. I, I think Gerard may be having some trouble getting in here. I'll, I'll reach out to him. Worst case, we'll get him on tomorrow. Gerard's a, yeah. a great listen. Yeah. So, hey, chat. You were right. Does Mike Leach? I put a poll out there. Does Mike Leach pick up the phone? And 55 percent, yes. 55 percent. That five percent that puts you over the top. Bravo to you guys. Bravo to you. So we're going to go to go to go to go to Booster Club one more time. Yeah. Let's go. Let's stay with the Booster Club. We got a question from Tino. This is my favorite thing to do. What is the most underrated, sneaky, good position group in the SEC? Ooh, sneaky. Sneaky, Let sneaky. me think on this for a second. You know what? I'm going to go Mississippi State quarterbacks. Will Rogers. Will Rogers does not get enough love. He's a stud, he man. He is going to play in the NFL. Watch. I'm just telling you. We talk about Matt Corral all the time, and, and that's great. We talk about Bo Nix all the time, and that's great, and Bryce Young and all these other guys. Nobody really talks about Will Rogers. And Will is a legitimate problem at quarterback. He can run, he can throw, and he has got a cannon. Yeah. Calzada's got a cannon, but Will's got feel. You know, he's kind of got yes. that, that, Super that sauce. Yeah, yeah. He, he can, can anticipate, really he well. puts the ball in really good spots. And to run that style of offense and throw it as many times and not turn it over at a very high rate is kind of tougher because the more shots you throw at it, the more likely you're going to have a tip pass or something like that, or you may put the ball in harm's way, this, that, or the other. So I'm going to go Mississippi State quarterback group. What else? we got i've um, got a question here from k money dollar dollar bills y'all he dollars said, harson said in an interview that the guys who stand out in practice are going to be the ones in the game what about some guys that don't show a whole lot in practice but are gamers on the field that's a real thing you know that that, that yeah, is a real thing but listen players, it's, yeah, but look it's hard as a coach and the players know at, at the end of the day the kind of the saving grace is the players know but you got to define what a guy that's not great in practice is is he not great in practice because he isn't trying hard or is he not great in practice because when the lights come on he's just a better player because those are two different things because trying to justify to everybody else to practice really hard while your stars are over there just kind of lollygagging is a very tough kind of road to hoe to be honest with you and that's why the best teams are led by the best players and it starts in practice we had Vilas Jones Jr. on earlier he's one of the best players that Tennessee has what did he talk about for most of the interview practice mm-hmm. that's how I know that the culture is right at Tennessee when your best players are your best leaders it ends up working out for you so uh Mike Leach stood me up on the second call, on the second okay, call? but I have Gerard Powers in here if let's you want to go to him yeah, let's get Gerard okay. in here let's right. get Gerard in here I want to talk some coverage stuff all right there he is. What's up, money? My guys. What's up? What's uh, up? Hey, hey, appreciate you coming on, man. I, I want to jump right into this thing, Gerard. Just tell me what you think so far of Auburn watching them. Just kind of your overview, st- stand out at Auburn, NFL guy. I mean, you, you know more about football than anybody. Right. Uh, you know, new coach, new systems, new culture. I, I honestly think that from week one until where we're at now, there's been improvement, uh, whether that's minimum or moderate uh, has been in that area. But I mean, when you, you face two top five, two top seven teams in the country in mm-hmm. the first part of the season, man, everything's not clicking early, obviously. Uh, you know, everybody's still trying to get familiar with one another, not saying that, that we're trying to do that now. Now it's just a matter of us just putting it all together. We haven't played a good game yet, j- just to where everything is clicking together. And, um, 
And I, I honestly think the guys play hard. I, I think they play very hard for Harsons, and it's just a matter of them going out and executing the game plan. I don't think the game plan has been necessarily the issue. I think it's been more so of just guys blowing coverages, not doing the correct techniques. I think it's been more so on the players than it really yeah. has been on the coaches. And that's more so of new coaches, new culture, and that, that happens. Um, in the NFL, I remember – you know, um, going signing my, my extension with Arizona and Bruce Arians is going to a new team. And, you know, we go over there for even Larry Fitzgerald. He had to adjust. It took him like six, seven games to get used to the offense until we just, you know, found a rhythm and click. So uh, I'm patient, but I do like what we see in the direction that we're going. What do you think about Bo Nix so far? Uh, outside of his body language, I do think he's he's better. I think he's been late with the ball here or there. But, I mean, when you don't have one receiver that's emerging out of that wide receiver room that's willing to step up and make a play, you know, you're, you're putting your quarterback in a tough spot. I don't think people True. realize how hard it is to play the quarterback position at a high level on this in the SEC or, or college period. It's hard to do. You're going to need some help from your teammates. And right now, I don't think Bo's getting that much help from his wide receivers. But at that same token, I don't think Bo's helping himself with taking some of the easy throws that's been open for him uh, right away. So I think everybody got something that they can improve on. But uh, we definitely got to have some receivers step up yeah. and at least just try to make a play for the guy. For sure. And I just got a couple more for here, Gerard. I appreciate you taking some time out of your week. This Arkansas game, when you look at the way that Arkansas built, is built, they're a run, play-action team. Defensively, they're going to get in their odd front. They're going to move around a little bit, keep everything in front. How do you like this matchup this week for Auburn? Kind of how do you see it going? Uh, you know, besides the X's and O's, I think the, the biggest thing going into this week is just going to be are we going to are we going to be able to physically match up with Arkansas? Um, I've been the, the games that I've seen Arkansas this year, they remind me of a team with their back on the wall and they're just punching yeah. and they don't care who they're going to hit. I think that's the coach that Sam Pittman is, is instilling there and that's what those guys believe in and they play hard, they play physical, uh, and that's just their style of play. And I think if we go in there timid or we go in there not ready to not ready for a real physical match you know they can easily handle us uh but if we go in there ready to fight and we're ready to to kind of do what we got to do we can we can go in there and beat a real damn good arkansas team and i think if we beat them it'll just show you what type of team we can have going forward this is a tough game man uh yeah. It ain't, it ain't the same old Arkansas from the past. <laughs> this is a tough game, and I, I do believe it's more pressure uh, on us to win than it is for them. Um, I do think Arkansas has a better team at this point. Uh, but like I said, I think that we can go in there and win this game, and it'll be a big confident boost going you know, into this little SEC dogfight that we got yeah. coming up in the next few games. Awesome. Well, Gerard, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for coming on. Let's do this again next week, my friend. I always love talking football with you. And let's talk about what happened this week because I'm interested to see the matchup as well as you are. For sure. Y'all keep killing it out there, man. <laughs> I'm trying to get like you, man. If I can get like you, we'll be straight, like I told you on the phone. But I appreciate it, Gerard. Thanks, buddy. Peace. All right, let's see if we got Coach Leach on. Talk hey, to him. Hey, can, yeah. hey, Coach Leach, can you hear me? Yeah. There he, there is. he is. Appreciate you coming in, man. Hey, great to be on again. Definitely. Well, let's jump right in here, Coach. I, I've got a question that I just find fascinating. Would you rather, and th this isn't Alabama or just anybody, would you rather play a team coming off an unexpected loss or an unexpected win? 
you know, I kind of quit <coughs> thinking about that over the years because you don't have any control over it. Um, but, um, you know, one thing about, um, uh, well, this was tightly contested, so you really got to see, um, you know, both teams, and in particular Alabama, who were playing from start to finish. And so that's a good way where you see a game that's contested mm-hmm. from beginning to end, win or lose. And then, um, but, you know, I, uh, Alabama has had so much success. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt you to see them stumble. But, you know, they're still Alabama. They're still, um, you know, top recruits in the country and all that stuff. So I don't think it really changes the challenge because, you know, I, I didn't I didn't see them. You know, they played extremely hard that game. You know, they did a lot of good things and I think that I'm not sure it makes a difference to be honest I mean everybody can argue it both ways and and there's a lot of emotion that goes into football I mean is somebody down because they got beat or feel Mm -hmm. more vulnerable or something and does that damage them in your favor or now all of a sudden are they are they mad or more highly motivated but I thought they were pretty motivated to begin with yeah so I, I, I don't know and I've thought about it a lot and I've uh, considered it a lot, and I've uh, uh, I've not come up with very much. Yeah, I mean, again, you can argue uh, both sides if we're here at Mississippi State head coach Mike Leach. And you know, coach, something we talk about on this on this show all the time is it seems that the teams that have the most success outside of having the best players, that's pretty obvious, is is the is the coaches that can get the teams up for the most games, and by up is playing at the most elite level that they can play at. I mean, you're always chasing perfection. Is there a number in your head of out of 12 games, how many times a team can get up, up? Uh, I know playing in Alabama, you're automatically going to get up and stuff like that, but is there like a number that that you try and hit every year, or is it just kind of touch and go? I've always seen um, a season increments of weeks, and I think um, you need to be the best you can each week so you take a step. And if you're the best that you can be the first week, then you, you, you know, then you, you take a step. And then if you're the best you can be the next week, you take a step. And the thing is, you really want to take a step each week so you're building the best team you can be. And it's a lot like John Wooden said, your best is always enough because that's what you got. Yeah. But you want it to be your best so you you keep pounding on, uh, you know, whatever ceiling exists as far as uh, uh, your potential. And, and, you know, as you... If you play extremely hard in practice, you play extremely hard every time you have an opportunity to play, well, then you start to uh, begin to realize more of your potential. Like, for example, some young player maybe makes a catch in practice. You say, you know, damn, I never knew he could do that. Yeah. Well, then, um, and while you're trying to get to where he can do that every time, you know, and you, you try to, but without really pushing and straining yourself, you don't get to that point where you can do it every time or more frequently. And I think that whether it's a block or a tackle, you have to constantly be battling and searching for uh, your very best. And that, you know, that requires full effort. And I, and I guess in a nutshell, you're looking for full effort. And not, you know, sometimes a guy can run with full effort the wrong direction, but uh, <laughs> you, you want you want smart full effort every time so that uh, yeah. 
you can try to capture more of your potential. No, I, I agree with that 100%. And, and, Coach, you know, a lot of teams have different messages for each week. You know, this week we need to focus on this. This week we need to focus on this. What has been your message to the team this week and, and what's going to be a huge game at home? You know, my message, uh, one thing that never leaves my message is do your job. Everybody's got a job, and that sounds easy enough, but uh, the discipline to focus in, uh, one play at a time and do your job and then play the next play mm-hmm. regardless of whether something bad happened or something great happened. Sometimes it's hard to get a guy to do their job after they made a great play or your unit made a great play. But Say it all know, the time. Everybody, to, yep. everybody together just doing their job. And I wish it was more interesting and captivating <laughs> than that. But that's, that, that's hard and it's uh, and if it was easy, everybody could do it. You yeah. know? Well, I thought maybe it was going to be pirate theme. Like this week, we're gonna we're gonna you know go in there and take the treasure or whatever. But coach, my last question for you, and this is something that as a as a quote unquote defensive guy, I've never been able to understand. Why do teams run trick plays on the first play of the game when everybody on defense is screaming, "Watch out for the trick play"? Isn't the best time to run a trick play on the second play of the game? Um. So well, first play, obviously, you're hoping to ambush it. Um, a ambush a guy. I think that, um, you know, and, and I've, everybody's seen him effective at all phases of the game, mm-hmm. and they've also seen him blow up uh, all phases <laughs> of the game. But um, Bill Walsh always wanted to get the trick play, do the trick plays early, you know, get them on their heels early. And, um, and uh, you know, and then the other thing, in some cases, depending on the nature of the trick play, maybe you want to go back to it. Okay. But, you know, some, some, you know, it's uh, their one-shot deal. But uh, he always wanted to do them uh, early, not first play, I don't think. But, yeah, okay. Um, you know, the, the first third of the game. For sure. And I've seen somebody ran trick plays on back-to-back plays a couple weeks ago, and it was devastating, the second one. They ran, it was like a flea flicker one play, and then they ran reverse on the next play, and everyone on the defense had no idea. what. There was, they'll never do another one right after that one. But, Coach, man, I appreciate it. I know it's a really busy week, huge game for you guys. That's that's how it is. How, how loud are the cowbells going to be Saturday, Coach? And, and uh, does it make it hard for you guys to communicate sometimes? Uh, they're loud, um, <laughs> definitely loud, and that's one of the great characteristics of our stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, and you know just the fact that the, the enthusiasm of our because we have a, a tremendous crowd, our Y'all fans do. are outstanding. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, you know it, I haven't noticed that it's a big problem with communication. I mean, we have may have problems with communication, but. <clears throat> you know, the ultimate test was playing at Kyle Field. I mean, that's uh, the most noise and you're on the road. And yeah. that's where they're hollering when you're on offense, you know. For sure. Well, Coach, I appreciate it, man. Good luck this weekend. And uh, let's do this again soon. I really appreciate you taking some time. I know you guys are busy and you making it work, man. It means a lot to us in the audience. All right. Well, anytime. Yes, sir. Thank you. All, All right. Appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Coach Leach is a. We must protect that man at all costs. He's the best. I can just see him. Chat is. What is the chat saying? Just geeking? Oh my god! Well, (laughs) his picture on the. Oh, his picture's great. (laughs) Is that that Brennan? (laughs) 
Brotherson, everyone said, don't touch my drum set. <laughs> call, you can call me Dragon. No, but oh, we really do man. appreciate Coach He's Leach, man. Best, if I can pick another co-host for the show and I had to pick anybody, Mike Leach is like, He's high on the list. That's just There's, pure. There has Do you remember when he came on last time was talking about the dog that was on the field and turned out it was Mark Schleyball's dog that was up in the press box? Yeah. And Schleyball was like, man, whose dog is from the game? And they're like, hey, man, that's your dog. He got out. We had some great questions in here. He too. Got, yeah, I just it's going to be kind of difficult for me to ask head coaches questions when they come on yeah, in from the for sure. club, just in case. And we got to get to picks, too. Are you guys ready? You guys ready to do some picks? Hit, hit, hit me. All right. I'm going to go first. I know we're going to – yeah, you go first. I'm going to go first. So the way we do this, if you're new to the show, is that we make our picks for Thursday and Friday, not counting the Friday parlay because I put that on Friday. That's kind of different. We make our picks for Thursday and Friday on Thursday, and then we make our picks for Saturday on Friday. So it's kind of some back-to-the-future action going on there. So I'm going to give you my picks for Thursday and Friday right now. Here's here's what I got. Here's what I got. I am going – uh, South Alabama minus one and a half for the first half against Georgia Southern. We got a little yeah. friendly production. Yeah. 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 I don't like it. Yeah. I'm in love with it. I got South Alabama minus one and a half first half. I'm taking Memphis and Navy over 55 and a half. That's what I'm going with there. Okay. Okay. And then I'm taking Oregon minus 13 and a half against Cal. So Memphis Navy over 55 and a half. This is FanDuel. Shout out FanDuel. South Alabama minus one and a half for the first half and Oregon minus 13 and a half for the game against Cal. Those are my picks. I like it. Now are we going to go to you or are we going to go to the Dark Emperor? I think maybe we go to him. Let's go to the Dark Emperor. Here he is. came up from under the table. If you're on audio and you can't see it, he just came up from under the table in the camera like he was coming out of the depths of, of the Death Star. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, what, you actually kind of look dark like the... I bet are you going to hit tonight? He kind of looks like the, the guy from 300 that led the Parisians down the goat path. What was his name? The guy, the hunchback guy who couldn't lift his shield up? All right, here we go. All right, Dark Emperor, what do you got for this week? Quasi-Moto. I can't believe let's put this on. Moto. I can't believe this is a real the thing. The Dark Side's already 1-0 this week. They you are. You want to know how much power I have? How much? I took the under at 30 and a half. <laughs> That's in the in past. In the Lafayette. That's in the hey, past. Don't question we the don't Dark Emperor. Can they scored 23 in the first quarter. We yes. don't want to hear about yes. it. Yes. Blaine, Blaine had it. was beautiful. He had lightning shooting out of his fingers at Paradise Grill. Shout out Paradise Grill. I turned all the power off at Paradise Grill with my mind. With my mind, Cone. Listen, this is what I'm taking. With your red hey guys, can I have my can I have this? Have your time. With your red lightsaber out, because it's a party. We're partying. All right, this is what I'm taking. I'm taking Navy TTP over 21 and a half. Big win coming off UCF. Memphis struggles against some points, and Memphis hadn't stopped anybody all year. I'm taking the San Jose State, San Diego State over. On the first half, and it's at 20 and a half. Yep. And I'm taking Memphis minus six and a half at home for the first half. That Memphis offense is pretty good. This defense just hadn't been able to stop anybody. Guys, look, who cares about Jedi's? Come to the dark side. It's funner. <laughs> 
Right, we have funner. funner. It's funner. funner. And there's no grammar. We blow wow. up planets. Our stuff's cooler. Like, come on, guys. Funner. It's easy. <laughs> Dude, you came Sounds up from under funner. the table. That was fantastic. All right, Cone. All right, man. What is it? Just to create a little production, you know, friendly, yeah, well, friendly pick here. Uh, okay. My alma mater, South Alabama. South You're Alabama. from Statesboro. Okay. You know, I'm from Statesboro. I'm going to ride with the Georgia Southern Eagles tonight. Um, plus two and a half. Okay. I don't like it. Okay. okay. I don't which like it. I don't like it at 17 and a half, which means maybe I have a shot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if the Eagles can cover for me tonight. All right. But here for tomorrow, I like the Clemson Syracuse under mm-hmm. at 45 and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe a 2013 type game. Ugly. Oh, what do you think about that, Palpatine? Syracuse, Syracuse, Clemson under 45 and a half. Goo. There we go. I like it. <laughs> and then I wanted to take the uh, I wanted to take the Oregon 13 and a half spread. You got to it first. I'm going to take the first half spread. I love this bet at minus seven and a half. I love that. Hold bet. on. Say it again. I love that bet. I like to hear it. Yeah. That means that it won't bet. hit now, will it? We've been so hot on Thursdays and Fridays. Let's go. I mean, it's Hansel at the Male Model Awards right now. Let's do it. Derelict. Derelict. They're going to take it crazy pills. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate you guys. Oh, Blaine, what do we got? Yeah, I'm going to get this out. Uh, David Hammer, the $4.99 donation. Nice. He said, should be a great evening for Razorback, Razorback basketball. Hashtag Muscleman. Yeah, look, Eric Muscleman's one of the coolest guys. We've had him on the show. We're going to have him on during basketball season as well. Uh, look, he was rocking his J-Boy stuff in the facility. Looking good. Looking good. But, no, we uh, uh, really appreciate Coach Muss. The Muss bus is on a roll. They are, Listen, man. you can have the Gus bus. We'll take the Muss bus. You want to talk about an SEC come up Yeah, for sure. Whew. I mean, well, Arkansas is hot in all three right now, man. Yeah, man. It's like, just, they really are. It's so awesome to see. It is awesome to see. But we appreciate you guys uh, on the show, on pace for another record month because of you guys. Please keep spreading the word. Go to the thejboyshow.com. Uh, grab some merch. We have the new Booster Club Win the Water Cooler Edition coming out. We're going to display the logo. It's pretty cool. A little throwbacky, kind of the way I like it. Make sure you subscribe to the volume. Hit that like button as well and check out everything on the volume. It's great stuff from Colin Cowherd to Live Moods to Alex Monaco to John Middlecoff, uh, the whole gang, Jenkins and Jones, Akeem Tlaib and everybody. We thank you guys for making this a part of your weekday. Going to come uh, again tomorrow at 3 to 4 Eastern live only on the volume YouTube channel. And like Kentucky's undefeated record after this weekend, we're going Going, going, gone. The J-Boy Show is produced by David Cohn. Associate producer, Blaine Crane. Audio engineer, Faison Sharif. Executive producers, Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn. Voiceover announcer, Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. Win the water cooler with The J-Boy Show. The Volume. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 